Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Um, if, you're, if you're new here, I just want to say that I'm really glad that you tuned in today. We're continuing a series that we're in called What's Next. Basically, we all have a next step in our spiritual journey, and through this series, I'm hoping to help you figure out what that is. Um, for those of you who don't know me, though, my name is Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here at No Limits alongside my wife, Beth. Here at No Limits, we're on this mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom. We want to help people discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God created you to live. And and it's a journey. You don't get there overnight. And that's why it's so important for us to come together every Sunday, hear from the Word of God. And that's also why it's important for us to get together in our small groups throughout the week and build those relationships with other people who are on this journey with us. And the goal we're reaching for is actually found in Ephesians 3.20, which is our core scripture here at No Limits. And it says, Oh, glory to God, who is able through his mighty power working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So that's what we're after. And that's why our name is No Limits Church. So go ahead and look at whoever you're watching with right now and say, it's time to take the limits off. Or if you're watching by yourself right now, just, just say it to yourself. It's time to take the limits off. Now, before we get into the message today, let's talk about next week because Next Sunday is the Super Bowl of all Sundays. It's Easter. This is going to be the most unique Easter service we've ever had because we're going to have church online for Easter. That's crazy. But instead of grieving the fact that we can't meet in person, let's just celebrate the fact that we have fresh opportunity here to do things in a whole new way. We get to celebrate our risen Savior online, which, which really opens the door for, for God to work in maybe ways that we've hindered him in the past. So I'm really excited to see what God's going to do as churches around the globe are meeting for Easter online. That's awesome. But I need you guys to do three things with me to prepare for this Easter service. And here's the first one. We all need to pray. Every day, would you take a moment just to pray for next Sunday? Like you could just do it when you wake up in the morning or maybe when you sit down for dinner, just say a prayer, asking God to lead the team here as we prepare for the service, ask him to draw hearts into the service so that they can get to know him and just that his power work through the service. Can you commit to saying a prayer like that every day? Because here's the deal, when we all come together and pray towards the same thing, God shows up and he makes the impossible possible. So let's do that together. And here's the second thing. I need you to invite someone. I don't ask you directly to invite somebody very often, but Easter is one of those times where I ask everybody to invite at least one person to church. Did you know that you're four times more likely to get a yes on Easter than you are any other Sunday? And hey, since we're even meeting online instead of in person, maybe you're actually 10 times more likely to get a yes. So obviously you can't invite them to show up in person here at church this time, but you can still invite them to join the live stream. And if you're comfortable with it, you can invite them over to your house and you guys could enjoy the live stream together. Now, the primary way we see people come to Jesus is when we all take responsibility for those closest to us and invite our friends, our family, our coworkers to church. So the ball's in your court. I'm handing it over to you need you to invite somebody next week. And here's the third thing. I need you to participate. 
At the end of the service next week, I'm actually going to give you a link to a survey that I need everybody to take because it's going to ask questions to give us as a church insight into your spiritual journey. Like, where are you at right now and where do you want to go? And the reason this is so important is so that we can, you know, plan our services to get you where you want to go. It's just really helpful for us to know where you're at. But for this to be effective, we actually need everyone to participate. So I know there's probably some people listening right now that aren't too fond on filling out forums. You know who you are, Dad, right? But I really need you to participate this time. So just just plan. I'm giving you a week notice to, that you are going to fill out a form next week so that you can just muster up the courage to do that. It'll be really helpful for us. All right. So today, part two of a series called What's Next? And the question we're answering is, what's next for me in my spiritual journey? God has given us a clear path in our walk with him. And right now you're somewhere along that path. And my goal in this series is to help you identify where you are so that you can figure out what your next step is. And here's why it's so important to gain clarity on where you are in your spiritual journey. It's found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And maybe your life feels a little bit like the first part of this verse, like you're stumbling in your marriage or your finances or whatever it is. But know this, the problem isn't your problem. The problem is actually the fact that you're not clear on what God wants to do in your life. When you gain that clarity, the problems that once overwhelmed you kind of become like cockroaches. They're nasty and you don't want them around, but to get rid of them, all you got to do is step on them and maybe spray a little bug spray once in a while. Now, we all need to know what God's up to because those who know God's plan for their lives are, like the scripture says, they are the most blessed. They seem to have all the joy, the patience, the kindness, and the love, you know, all that good stuff. Now, most think that God's plan for their life is like ambiguous or, or something that you can't really figure out, but the truth is, God revealed his plan for us in scripture over and over again, and it all boils down to four distinct steps. But before I give those to you, we all need to pray a prayer of faith together because we need more than just head knowledge today. We need this to resonate with our spirits, and only God can do that. So the prayer we're going to pray today is actually found in Psalms. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Now that's some confidence in what God's going to do in our lives. So let's all just pray that together on the count of three. One, two, three. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So through this message today, I believe God is going to show you the way of life. You're going to gain clarity on his plan for you, and God will grant you the joy of his presence and the pleasures of living with him forever. All right, here come the four steps. If you've been with us for long, you've heard these four before, but go ahead and write them down again. And if you're new here, go ahead and write these down too, because they're really important for us all to understand. And here's the first one, know God. We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about a relationship with God because his desire is to have close relationship with you. He wants you to understand that he loves you no matter what. He wants you to run to him when you've messed up and when you're hurting so that he can help you. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for relationship. Let that sink in for a minute. He wants relationship with you. And this is the first step in your spiritual journey. It's when you understand and accept the fact that Jesus died to set you free from your sin and restore that relationship with God. You don't have to do anything to earn this relationship because Jesus 
already took care of that for you. All you have to do is believe that Jesus died to set you free and then run right into the arms of God and build that relationship with him. That's what we all need to do. Now we're going to talk more about that next week. And wow, what an incredible opportunity to invite somebody so that they can hear that message and learn how they can know God and step into that relationship with him. It's going to be a powerful, powerful message. But today we're going to talk about the second step in this spiritual journey, and that's find freedom. A lot of people try to put this one first. Like you think you have to get all your stuff together before you can know God, but that's not how it works. Finding freedom from like your hangups, your past, the shame, the secrets, the habits, the addictions, it only comes after you first know God. First things first, God wants a relationship with you, and then he'll help you clean out the closet. Knowing God is when you accept what Jesus did for you and secure the fact that you will spend eternity with God. And that's the most important part because like eternity is a heck of a lot longer than this life. But finding freedom is what enables you to live this life to the full. Yes, Jesus paid the price for you to have eternity in heaven. He did that. But he also paid the price for you to have an amazing life here on earth. And that's what finding freedom is all about. So we're going to deep dive into this one today. But first, let me give you the last two steps in this journey to give you a clear picture of your entire spiritual journey. And here's the next one, discover purpose. You were born on purpose and you have a purpose. You're not an accident. I don't care what your mama says. I don't care what your daddy says. I don't care what your uncle says. You're not an accident. You're here on purpose and God has a plan for you. But here's the deal. For you to discover your purpose, you first have to know God and find freedom. There's a lot of people out there trying to discover purpose without first completing those first two steps, and it just doesn't work. And we'll wrap up this series in two weeks, and I'll give you answers on how to discover your purpose. But the reason this is important is so that you can get to the final step in your spiritual journey, and that's make a difference. And this is what we talked about last week, because it's much easier to understand the map whenever you know the destination. And here's the destination for your life. My ultimate purpose in life is to make a difference for eternity. And there's three areas we're called to make a difference to those closest to you, your family, friends, coworkers, those close to you, but different than you, all those people at work or church or whatever that you just can't quite relate to, that you just can't quite understand. You're called to those people too. And you're also called to people far from you in other states, in other countries. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to go watch it on our website, nolimits.church. The message is called My Spiritual Destination, and it'll really, be bring, it'll really be helpful to bring clarity on why we're going on this journey in the first place. But today we're talking about finding freedom. All throughout the Bible, you'll find that God's system for finding freedom centers around relationships. And you know what's kind of funny about that is that most of your problems come from relationships. But isn't it just like the devil to pervert God's system? He couldn't create his own system, so he decided to use broken relationships to, to bring you pain and hang-ups and habits and addictions. But God, he uses healthy relationships to help you find freedom. Take a look at this. In James 5, 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So God's system is honesty, transparency, and relationships. That's how you find and walk in freedom. And that's why we have small groups here at No Limits. It's only when you get into a small group of people that you build a relationship close enough to where you feel comfortable sharing your problems with people and trusting that they'll pray and help you find healing instead of get on to you for your problems. And I know we're in uncertain times right now, and it's a bit paralyzing, and you kind of just want to push pause on everything. But please, find a way to continue building relationships with your small group members. 
Like you could call them, you can text them, everybody can hop on Zoom together, you could start a Facebook chat group and engage in that every day. There's so many ways to stay engaged through your small group, even whenever we got to stay in our homes. So do whatever it takes to continue building those relationships because at some point you're going to need them and you don't want to wait till your life falls apart and say, I wish I had those relationships. It's better to go ahead and nurture those now. And all the relationships with other believers is the primary way that we find freedom. There's nothing about God that's one-dimensional. So today I want to talk to you about how we find freedom at the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'll go ahead and warn you, I'm going to have to get serious here for a minute but I, because I want to show you the power of the cross. And what Jesus did for us is quite sobering, to say the least. It's easy to casually like position the cross as like a cool symbol on our walls, but there's so much depth to the cross of Christ that's always good to take time to reflect on that and remember what Jesus did for us. You see, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says that the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know that it is the very power of God. So the cross is not just a symbol, it's the power of God. And everything that Jesus went through leading up to the cross was actually intentional, and it provided something very specific for us as believers. Jesus getting whipped had purpose. The crown of thorns had purpose. The nails had purpose. And even the spear that was shoved up into Jesus' side had purpose. All these things were done so that the power of God could work in every area of your life. And I'm going to show you what all those things mean today, but you must understand that the message of the cross is the very power of God. It's not a necklace. It's not wall decor. It's God's power at work on your behalf. But let's back up a bit. So Jesus, back to Jesus's ministry. Jesus was doing his thing. Like he was teaching people. He was healing people. He was helping people. He was loving people. He never did anything wrong. He never lied. He never deviated from love. He lived a perfect life. And then there's like this group of religious people over here who hated Jesus. They hated him so much that they arrested him without any good reason. And they wanted to kill him, but they couldn't find a reason to kill him. They wanted him dead, but they couldn't find anything until this. And the story is found in Matthew 26. The high priest said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it's as you said. And then they spat in his face and beat him, and the others struck him with the palms of their hands. So since Jesus said that he was the Son of God, they charged him with blasphemy. They thought they finally found something against him, but little did they know he really was the Son of God. What's interesting about this whole ordeal is that God could have picked any time in history to send his son Jesus, but he picked the time when execution was at its worst, was at its darkest. Like if, if Jesus was sent today, like probably the worst that would happen to him is lethal injection. But God chose a time when people were executed on the cross, the most painful, drawn out execution that there ever was. And I think God did this on purpose to show us how much he loves us. And one of the most interesting things in the Bible is how the death of Christ was actually prophesied in exact detail in the book of Isaiah 800 years before it even happened. Now that's amazing. Like the whole time God knew what was going to happen. Isaiah prophesied about four different things that Jesus would go through. And it's found in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. These things didn't just happen to Jesus, they happened for you. All four of these represent something, and I want to show you what they represent today. But I'm, not, I'm going to go through these not in the order of this verse, but in the order that they happened to Jesus. The first step in any Roman execution was the scourging. 
They would use a tool called the cat of nine tails. It was, it was nine leather straps attached to a handle. And then they would use horsehair to tie bone, rock, wire, and glass to those leather strips. They would then soak those leather strips in water so that they'd be heavier. And they'd take two hands to embed all those stones, the glass and the rocks into the flesh, and then yank down. This happened to Jesus 39 times. 13 times across one shoulder, 13 times across the other shoulder, and 13 times down the middle of his back. Roman law didn't allow more than 39 times because most people would die after that before they even reached the cross. And Isaiah tells us why this happened. The whip, it represents freedom in my body. Every time the whip hit Jesus, it provided healing for sickness and disease. He didn't just pay the price for your sin. He paid the price for your sickness as well. Jesus took the stripes on his back so that you could be free from sickness. Listen to me. God does not give us sickness and disease to teach us a lesson. The devil is the author of sickness and disease, and Jesus paid the price so that you could be free from that. That's the truth. Am I saying that God still heals today? Yeah, you better believe it. The great physician is still healing as we speak. The question is, and I know this is probably in your head, then why doesn't everyone get healed? I think we've all had that question, and I wish I could answer that for you, but I don't know either. What I do know is that I've seen God heal incurable cancer. I've watched with my own eyes as somebody's leg grew out because one of their legs was shorter than the other, a healing miracle. And I've witnessed God perform amazing healing miracles. And at the same time, just a few years ago, my father-in-law passed away from cancer at just 50 years old. We prayed for his healing, but it turns out he received it in heaven instead of here on earth. Can I explain that? No. Am I going to abandon faith in healing because God didn't heal the way I wanted him to? No. I trust God, and I believe that his best plan for our lives is for us all to walk in physical health. That's his best plan. And actually, some of you are going to receive healing today. Because take a look at this verse. 1 Peter 2.24, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Like it's past tense. You have already been healed. Someone listening right now is just filled with faith, and you're going to step into the healing that's already been provided for you. It's already been provided, and you're going to step into that. And when you receive the miracle, I want you to send us a message and tell us about it, whether it happens immediately or whether this healing just takes a few days to play out. Somebody's getting healed right now, and we want to hear about it, so please let us know when that happens. But after Jesus took the stripes on his back for your healing, the guards did something they normally wouldn't do. They took Jesus to the place where all the guards hung out so that they could mock him. This was not normal protocol, but they were all pretty mad at Jesus because Jesus said that he was the king of the Jews and they wanted to be king of the Jews. They wanted to rule the Jews. So they took Jesus aside and they privately mocked him. They would blindfold him and somebody would slap him and they would say something like, if you're a prophet, like you say you are, then tell us who just slapped you. Of course, we all know that Jesus could have told them who just slapped him. He could have even turned them into a puff of smoke if he wanted to, but he didn't do that. He just sat there in complete peace and in quiet. So they slapped him, they spit on him, but they couldn't get a reaction out of him. So they decided to make a crown out of a thorn branch that had two-inch thorns, and then they shoved it onto his head. And not only did that make blood run down his face, but it also would have caused intense pressure in his head. Isaiah saw this when he said that the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Isn't it interesting that when you don't have peace, it's because it's an attack on your mind? That's why the crown of thorns has purpose. 
The thorns represent freedom in my mind. Don't we need this now more than ever? Are you struggling with overwhelming fear about this virus? Are you worried that you might lose your job? Are you worried because you already did lose your job? Are you anxious about what's going to happen to the people around you? The fear, the anxiety, and the stress, it's not for you. Jesus didn't just come so that you could get into heaven. Jesus came to give you peace. Take a look. This is Jesus' words right here in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you aren't walking this thing out in peace and you're rejecting a gift that Jesus died to give you, sure, you can live without peace and still go to heaven, but why leave something on the table that was provided for you to enjoy here on earth? You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus gave you the gift of peace, and it doesn't even make sense to the world. So if you're wondering why you're not experiencing this peace right now, Cade, where is it? If you promise it to me, why don't I have it? Let me show it to you. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Can I make this super practical for you? Turn off the news, because there's nothing that will take your mind off of God than watching the news. Because let me tell you something, you probably already know this, but the news doesn't care about you. They care about ratings and fear sales. So they know that they can get you glued to the TV if they can get you afraid. And that's all they're after. So you might as well get off social media while you're at it because there's way too much fear and, and hate filling our social feeds from our friends and family who are probably watching too much of the news themselves. So don't get mad at them. It's the news. If you fix your thoughts on like the latest death stats or trying to figure out what's going to happen next and worrying about the economy, you'll get the world's gift to you, fear and anxiety. They'll give it right to you. But if you turn off the world and fix your thoughts on God by, you know, listening to sermons online, studying the Bible, spending time in prayer, spending time with your family, calling up your small group members then you're going to get what Jesus died to give you, overwhelming peace. That's how you get it. Every time you see a picture of Jesus with the crown of thorns, I want you to remember, Jesus suffered pain in his head, in his mind, so that you don't have to. He took the crown of thorns to give you freedom in your mind. So after they tortured him and mocked him, they brought Jesus back out into the public. They made him carry his own cross to the place where they'd crucify him. And then they nailed him to the cross. They nailed his hands and they nailed his feet. And the reason people die in crucifixion is actually because they suffocate. So they're hanging there. Their shoulder muscles are severed from the beating and they can't get a full breath of air. So they hung Jesus with a little bend in his knee so that he could push up with his legs, rubbing his raw back along that splintery cross, grab a breath and then fall back down. And I know that's a little graphic, but it's important that we know what Jesus went through for us because we tend to romanticize the cross, but there wasn't anything romantic about it. It was torture. And there was significance to the nails that went through his hands and it went through his feet because your hands represent everything you've ever done and your feet represent everywhere you've ever been. And that's why Isaiah said he was pierced for our transgressions because the nails represent freedom from my past. Jesus took the nails through his hands and feet to give you freedom from everything you've ever done, to give you freedom from everywhere you've ever been. Take a look. Or We talk a lot about how Jesus forgives our sins, and that's absolutely true, but there's actually more to it than that. Hebrews 8.12 says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. So if a kid like broke the neighbor's window while playing ball, the dad would probably go over to the neighbor and make mends and pay for the window. But you better know when he's getting back, little Johnny's getting a whooping, right? In other words, the dad paid for it, but he didn't forget it. 
And a lot, that's exactly how so many Christians view God. You know Jesus paid for your sins, but you think that he still remembers it. No, he doesn't remember it. He's done forgot about it, and he'll never remember it. He didn't file it away for later. He burned it up, never to be mentioned or talked about again. How many of you know, though, that you can have something paid for, and your daddy forgets it, but you don't forget it? Everyone else is good, but you continue to carry around that shame, that guilt, that regret. So Jesus not only paid for your sin, Jesus not only forgot your sin, but he actually takes it one step further in Hebrews 9.14. Just think of how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. There's a bunch of you listening right now that know that your sins have been forgiven, but you're still carrying around the shame. You're still carrying around the regret. Jesus wants you to be free from that right now. Freedom from your past belongs to you, and today is the day for you to step into that freedom. Let God purify your conscience and walk free from what you did and where you've been. I hope you guys are getting this, because I latched onto this truth actually just a few years ago. I was holding on to shame from all the stuff that I did in my teenage years, and I finally just stepped into freedom because this became real to me. And now I'm free from not only my dark past, but I'm free from even what I did yesterday. I don't hold on to nothing because Jesus already forgave it. He already forgot it. And he already purified my conscience from it. So I'm walking in freedom. We don't use this as an excuse to live a sloppy life. Of course, you guys know that. We use this as the power to live the full life that God planned for us, where we're free from sin and we're living side by side with him. So Jesus took the nails to give this to you. So there he was, hanging on the cross, and it's about three o'clock in the afternoon, and he breathed his last breath. They were kind of surprised because they expected him to last longer. So one of the guards took a spear and jabbed it up under his rib cage into his heart to make sure he was really dead. Out of his chest cavity came a mixture of blood and water. And medical science would tell you that this reveals that his heart would have already ruptured before they even stuck that spear in him. So how did Jesus die? From blood loss? No. From pain? No. From suffocation? No. He died because his heart was literally crushed. And this makes sense to all of us because we've all had our hearts broken. Isaiah said that he was crushed for our iniquities. And I wonder how many of you listening right now have had your heart crushed by a divorce, by someone you love dying way before they were supposed to, by a grown child heading in the wrong direction, by a business failure. Jesus knew we would all experience our hearts getting crushed by the circumstances of life. And the pain that he felt on the cross because of our pain caused his heart to rupture while he was still on the cross. And that's why the spear represents this freedom in my heart. Jesus gave you freedom in your body. He gave you freedom in your mind. He gave you freedom from your past. And he also wants to give your joy back. See, Psalms 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Jesus didn't just come to give you heaven. He came to heal you. He did what it took for you to experience wholeness in every area of your life. Yeah, it hurts. And I bet people around you have even told you that maybe you won't recover from it or from whatever happened to you. But Jesus says otherwise. Today, Jesus wants to heal your broken heart and he wants to restore you back to joy. 
Only Jesus can do that. So before we close today, I actually want to pray over each and every one of these areas. So wherever you're listening from right now, you know, go ahead and close... Close down the chat. Just wait to chat until the after this is over and just hold out your hands in a posture of receiving and close your eyes and, and just receive this prayer. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for what you did on the cross and it's incredible I, that you took that pain for us. And Lord, I wanna pray for those who need freedom in their body. Lord, I thank you for your healing power that you took the stripes on your back. You took those 39 lashes to your back so that you could provide healing for us. And Lord, we receive that healing in faith. We believe you provided, for, provided it for us. It doesn't matter what, what the doctors have told us, what the reports are. We know that your healing is supernatural. So we thank you for the miracles that are happening in bodies right now. We thank you for freedom in our body. And for those who need freedom in their mind, God, those who are struggling with fear, struggling with anxiety, struggling with all those negative thoughts about themselves or about their spouse or whatever it is, we thank you for freedom in their mind right now. You paid the price. You took the crown of thorns and you suffered pain in your mind so that we don't have to suffer pain in ours. So we look to you. We fix our thoughts on you because we know when we do that, we're gonna find freedom in our minds. And for those who are still holding on to the past, Today's the day to let it go. God, give, give them deep revelation of what you did to free them from their past. You took nails in your hands to free us from all the things we've ever done. You took nails through your feet to free us from all the places that we've ever been that we shouldn't have gone. And Lord, we thank you that you paid the price so that we don't have to. So we honor you this morning by stepping into freedom from our past. We're not gonna hold on to it anymore. We, we leave all the shame, all the guilt, all the regret behind and move forward into a fresh start, into newness. And finally, those who need freedom in their heart. Those of you who are struggling emotionally because of whatever's happened to you, Jesus wants to give you joy back. You don't have to live your life in depression. You don't have to live with that pain forever. Jesus went to the cross so that you could have freedom in your heart, regardless of what the circumstance is. That doesn't mean that nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. That means you can walk away from the bad with, with joy, with peace. And the world's going to be like, what? How's that even possible? It's because of Jesus. It's supernatural. You can't explain it. It's supernatural. So God, we thank you. We thank you for freedom in our hearts. I command depression to go right now. In Jesus' name. And I proclaim freedom for those who are sad, for those who are angry, freedom in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you're listening right now and you've heard about Jesus before, but today you finally understand like your spirit was touched by hearing what Jesus did for you on the cross. And if that's you, please know that this is the best decision of your life. To give, your, to give your life to him today. Believing in Jesus and committing your life to him, it gets you eternity in heaven. Yes, it does. And it also gives you freedom here on earth. Now you've already made the decision in your heart, but I wanna lead you in a prayer to seal the deal. So just repeat this simple prayer after me. Jesus, thank you. I don't deserve the things you did for me. I sinned against you and you still forgave me. 
you didn't just forgive, you forgot. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe what you did is more than enough. Thank you for new life. Thank you for a fresh start. I submit my life to you today. Now let me close this message in prayer. God, we, we honor you today and we just thank you that we could come together online and we thank you for the bodies that were healed, the minds that were healed, the past that was forgotten and moved on from and we thank you for the hearts that were healed. We thank you for the great testimonies that are gonna come out of the service that we had together. We thank you that you're moving in our nation. We thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you that the church is gonna come out of this thing victorious and that we're gonna be lights in the darkness and we're gonna look back and be like the coronavirus, you know, yeah, it sucked. But man, such good things came out of it because your word tells us that you take the bad things and you work them out for good. So we're trusting you. And God, I wanna just lift up our, our president right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for using him in a mighty way. I ask that you restore his rest, that you keep him in peace and that you lead him with great wisdom as he leads our country and surround him with people who are gonna support him, who are gonna uh, pour into his life truth. And Lord, I don't know how you've done it, but you've, you've enabled him to to work through all the criticism with such grace. And I ask that you just continue to put that grace shield around him. In Jesus' name, we thank you for our, our healthcare workers and all of our government officials that are doing their best to help us in this time of need. Lord, restore their rest, restore their peace. Give them wisdom and protect them as they're going out to the front lines of this thing. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, if you just prayed the prayer to accept Jesus into your heart, we want to support you along the journey that's ahead, but we can't support you if we don't know about it. So we set up an easy way for you to tell us. Simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to spam you. We really just want to help you with your next step because it's a journey and we're right here to go along that journey with you. So go ahead and send that text. Text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. Now, there's an amazing ministry here in Owasso called the Pregnancy Resource Center. And what they do is they, they support those facing unplanned pregnancy with the goal of giving them the resources and the education that they need to choose life for their baby rather than abortion. And in one practical and fun way we can help the PRC make a difference is with our ba baby bottle drive. Basically, what you do is you fill baby bottles with cash and change and, and you bring them back. But obviously, I, there's a problem with that because I can't like toss a baby bottle to you. So we set up a way for you to give to the baby bottle drive directly online. You'll find that on on our giving page. And keep in mind, our goal is to raise at least $1,000 for them. We do this every year, so I know that we'll do it again. So y'all, we're here to make a difference, and this is our chance. So let's be more generous now than we've ever been. If you're ready to give to the baby bottle drive or you're ready to give your normal tithes and offerings, you can do this now or anytime throughout the week. You just simply open up your browser on your phone, your tablet, your computer, type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar and you can give there. It's super easy. Or if you're one of those old fashioned people who like to still give by check, that's cool too. Uh, you can always mail it to our PO box 2168 and that's in Owasso, Oklahoma, 74055. Let me pray over your offering that everybody's given. Lord, we thank you so much for the generosity of this church and that it enables us to do such amazing things. We thank you that even in this time of uncertainty, we can be more generous than ever. And as we're generous, we step into your, your kingdom. We step into your economy. So we don't have to worry about what's going on around us because we know that you got us and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. 
It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.